Welcome back to the Competitive Hedge Podcast. It is August 4th, which means our fourth NFL team preview is upon us. Yesterday was the Baltimore Ravens. Today, we stay in the AFC and we focus on the Buffalo Bills. Now, I could not do this team preview alone, as this is definitely a team that has some high expectations heading into this year. So I'm joined today by a good friend of the show. He's a lead contributor to Slasher Sports, as well as the podcast host, of the Slasher Sports Show. He was on my previous show that I used to do, Shooter Shoot Basketball Podcast, on a number of occasions. But most importantly, he's a new dad and a passionate Buffalo Bills fan. That is Christian Rao. Christian, how are you doing tonight, my friend? Hey, what's going on? Thanks for the great intro. Really excited to start talking about football, especially with the Buffalo Bills, with the expectations, just like you had. You said super high expectations with the Bills this year. Being a fan for you know almost 30 years now, uh, that's something I'm not really used to. So uh, <laughs> really excited to see what these expectations are, but really nervous also at the same time. Yeah, definitely. We're going to get right into things by talking about the Bills 2021 recap and get your thoughts on how it went because the Bills, they went 11-6 and six last year. They won the division by a single game. They were third place in the AFC. They rolled through wildcard weekend, knocking off the New England Patriots 47-17. And in one of the craziest football games of my lifetime, losing in heartbreaking fashion to the Kansas City Chiefs, 42 to 36 in overtime. So, Christian, I want to get your thoughts. How do you think the Bills season went last year? Would you consider it a disappointment how it ended? Or do you think that there were still a lot of great takeaways from the year? It's hard to call that a disappointment because just like you yeah. said, that is the craziest game in your lifetime i'd argue that's the craziest game in anyone's lifetime that was absolutely insane how that ended and whether you want to be upset about it with not being able to get the ball in overtime you know whatever that's fine it, we, chiefs fans would have been upset if it was the other way around uh but you know that i think the season in whole you have to look at as a success yes it was a disappointment because they didn't get to where they wanted to go all 32 teams have one goal in mind when the season starts and it's to get to the Super Bowl and hold the Lombardi Trophy. You know that hasn't happened in, in the Buffalo Bills' entire you know career, their entire lifespan. And last year was a really good shot. They had a very good football team. We saw them number one in a lot of rankings, especially on the defensive side. Uh, but yeah, they they were uh, they were a fun team to watch. Eleven and six, I think, was actually a very interesting record for them. I think they could have been a better team. There are some losses that they lost very closely like the monday night game against tennessee that was a very close close loss where they should have won it based on a, a baffled a bobbled pass or i'm sorry a bobbled uh quarterback sneak at the end of the game and then obviously we let our guard down against the jaguars with the, with the game so i think that easily could have been a 13 win season uh, but the overall you know once the the season and the dust cleared and i had time to you know stop crying after that crazy divisional loss uh, I think it was overall a successful season and it made it that more and more exciting for this one coming up. 
Yeah. And I think it's a lot easier to look back on it now and and look at all the successes of it, because I'm sure that the weeks following it, you know, you're disappointed. You see Kansas City, they go on and lose to the Bengals and you're like, oh, we could have beat the Bengals. And then the Super Bowl happens and whatnot. But I I agree. I don't think you can call it an unsuccessful season. At the end of the day, you won a playoff game. You won the division. A lot to build on going into this year. And I think there is a lot of uh, a lot to be excited about as a Bills fan. And clearly Vegas thinks that as well because they actually have them as the Super Bowl favorites right now. They've got them at plus 600. They're just ahead of Tampa Bay and Kansas City. So is this a Super Bowl or bust type year for Buffalo? You know, we've seen them lose the last couple of years in some tight playoff games. This could be the year where they finally get over to hump. They went out and signed Von Miller to a big deal. Uh, they drafted the kid out of Florida, the cornerback there. So do you see this as a Super Bowl or bust type year for your Bills? Yeah, and they also went and get, did an extension for Diggs too, which was great. Um, and there's going to be a lot of other questions that go on with that roster. But I think it's, I think you have to say that it's Super Bowl or bust. Just like I said a little bit earlier that you know all 32 teams have the same goal. Now, obviously, the Houston Texans, it's not Super Bowl or bust this year for them. It's just unfortunately just not going to be the case. But for the Buffalo Bills, the way they ended their season last year, the way they ended their season to the loss of the Kansas City Chiefs in 2020 in the AFC Championship game, this team has only improved in my mind. And honestly, as Vegas is also seeing that same way. Um, I think it has to be most definitely a Super Bowl or bust kind of year, especially with all the hype they're giving, which makes me nervous, by the way, because I just haven't heard that. You don't hear, you know, if you've been a Buffalo Bills fan for 25, 30 years, even probably you could say 10 years, uh, you, you're just not used to hearing that hype. Not at all. Yeah, I I can definitely see that for sure. And and as you noted, like they went out and they made some major signings, they had some major extensions. And so this is a team where even from a fantasy perspective, like they were the fourth best defense last year. You've got Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, you you got a lot of promise on that offense as well. So Josh Allen, obviously heading into the year, he's coming off a, a great 2021. And Vegas once again thinks so because they've got him as the MVP favorite heading into the year, just ahead of Patrick Mahomes. So given the offense that you see in Buffalo, you know, we talked about Diggs. You've got Dawson Knox, great tight end there. You've got Gabriel Davis, who had that phenomenal game against the Chiefs. They went out, they brought in Jameson Crowder, a bit of a veteran there, OJ Howard, a second tight end. And then they even drafted a running back, James Cook, as well. So they're clearly going all in on this offense. So do you think that Josh Allen MVP year might be incoming? Oh, I think you definitely have to put that into consideration, especially since the last few years he's he's been in the talks so up until the end of the year, and then either Mahomes or Rodgers just sneak away from that. So I think that's safe to say that you could put that in consideration. Um, yeah, you just like you said, with those position players, a lot of new additions as well. Jamison Crowder comes in, who arguably is a, one of the best slot receivers that uh, the Jets have had in a long time. He comes over to the Buffalo side. Maybe he can win some football games. Could take over that spot from Cole Beasley, who did very well with Josh Allen. Uh, and who knows what Gabe Davis can do after that phenomenal playoff game he had, breaking some records. He is going to take a step up in a new role as the second wide receiver on this team. Hopefully he can cleared the way and take away some pressure from Stefan Diggs. I think one of the biggest things that makes me really excited about Josh Allen and his MVP chances though, is not the skilled positions around him on the offensive side, but the offensive line itself, a lot of great improvements there that made them more athletic. They got rid of John Feliciano and Daryl Williams and took some more steps 
to go ahead and get more athletic players into the mix. If you look at like the athletic molds, like pro football focus likes to look at those skills, those numbers definitely improved and a lot more athletic sides on there, which should help the Buffalo run game, which was an issue last year. And with that addition of James Cook and hopefully Devin Singletary steps up, I think that's going to open up a lot more fun things for Josh Allen to do and just make him an absolute threat uh, for defenses galore. Yeah, I think if they can establish a bit more of a run game, it's just going to benefit Josh as well because teams aren't going to be able to sit back. They're going to have to be worried about who's coming out of the backfield there. So I think James Cook could have a major role for them coming up this year. But when it comes to the Bills' win total, you know, this is a betting show, but we do like to talk uh, fantasy and other aspects. But as far as the win total goes, they've got 11.5 as the win total for Buffalo. And given they're coming off an 11-win year, you even mentioned it earlier. They could have had 13 last year. The Titans game and the Jags game kind of got away from them. So Buffalo's kind of right in the middle as far as strength of schedule goes. You know, they are in, a, I wouldn't say a bad division. They're not in a great division. You've got the Jets that you get to play a couple times a year, which is always a treat. And then you've got Miami, who's improved. New England, there's maybe some question marks there still. And then they've got quite a few uh, tough non-divisional games. So what are your initial thoughts on that total? Do you think Buffalo's primed for a 12-plus win season, or do you think they maybe come up a little short and finish on 11 again? Yeah, speaking of what well, the record of last year being 11-6 and six, and then thinking that they could have been a 13-win team, um, I stand by that. I do really think that that could have happened and should have happened. Because of what they have added in 2022, and obviously we're, we're speculating, but we haven't seen a single down yet, and if everything is all else equal and everything is – and no, no injuries happen across the board, then I can see this team being better than 11 wins because they've got better on the ball. Mm-hmm. I can see them winning 12, 13 games. Uh, but I do think that that will become based off of a better non-divisional schedule. I think we're going to have some challenges in the division because I think every single team got better in the division, including New York Jets. I think the New York Jets had one of the best drafts uh, mm-hmm. in in all of football. Um, but you know, I think that there are they're building something special there. They're not there yet, but they're building something special, and it's something to keep notice from. Um, and Miami, with the addition of Tyree Kill, he's been an absolute Bills killer uh, for the last couple seasons, especially with the Chiefs. And then you obviously never can count out New England. I think we all know that if you are a football fan. So I think there's going to be some maybe some regression inside the AFC East, but not enough to for me not to take the over. I would definitely take the over. Yeah, I like the over on this one, especially because when I start looking at their non-division schedule, I I see a lot of teams that may be more vulnerable than they have been in years past. Like when you saw the Steelers on their schedule for the longest time, you were very concerned. Well, now they've got Mitchell Trubisky may not be as concerned, although maybe a bit of a revenge game against the Bills there. (laughs) The Titans, obviously, they lost some of their weapons. They traded away A.J. Brown and Julio didn't work out, so... How's that offense going to look? The Packers losing Devontae Adams is huge. So I like the over here as well. I do. I actually would probably bet Buffalo to be the one seed in the AFC. I think I'm, I really do like this Bills team this year. And so I think 12, 13 wins is definitely not out of the question. Now, from a fantasy perspective, this is a team that's littered with talent. And it's one where, you know, you got some guys that go very early in drafts. And then you've got some that could be uh, sleepers, you could say a little bit later in your draft. So we're going to go position by position, starting with quarterback. We'll go running back, wide receiver, tight end. 
briefly touch on defense, but uh, kickers, while they are people too, I'm, I'm not just not going to include them in this discussion today. So quarterbacks wise, we got Josh Allen. He's quarterback one as far as fantasy value goes. He's hovering in that mid first round range. He's about a round ahead of Mahomes and Herbert. So what are your thoughts of Allen from a fantasy perspective? We've already talked about the fact that he could be the MVP this year. So obviously that's why he's so highly rated. But what are your thoughts of, of him from a fantasy perspective? That's great that he's quarterback one, because I think that's where he belongs. I mean, obviously Patrick Mahomes is something to look at too. And it's really neat that they put Herbert on the third spot. I, I would look to draft him in the first round if I was drafting towards the end of my draft, or if I got excited, maybe to pick him up if I thought he could last until the beginning of round two, if I was in a snake draft. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm someone that's really like, hang on a minute. Do I want to draft a quarterback first round? So, but mm-hmm. I do really like, I do really like him as quarterback one. There's a reason for it. I mean, we, the, the Buffalo Bills were fantastic offensive last year for the most part would rank either third or fifth in most of the major sports or major stats, excuse me. Um, so yeah, I, I really like where he's at. Adding that athleticism to the offensive line is probably only going to improve the run game on Josh Allen and with the additions to wide receiver, uh, hopefully the healthy of Dawson Knox for a full season should help his passing guards as well. I think he's going to have a monster year. I definitely think that he's going to have the monster year as well. He's someone that I'm going to be betting on as far as the MVP goes. The only thing that I struggle with is that I'm not ever that high on drafting a quarterback that early. Now there is a scenario where I would, I mean, if, if I'm in the tail end of my draft, you know, Stefan Diggs is sitting there. I draft him in round one that's kind of where he's going in most drafts. And then it comes back to me. Then I'm kind of thinking about that, that quarterback wide receiver stack, because it can be very lethal in fantasy. Obviously you can lose weeks if the offense is struggling, but when they're both going, then you give yourself a great chance to win. But as far as where he's going, I mean, ADP 19, that's putting him in the category of a Tyree kill, a Debo Samuel and Aaron Jones. So I would tend to lean those guys and it's nothing against Josh because I think he's going to be great this year. Just knowing that some of these other quarterbacks I can get a couple rounds later is what would hold me off from drafting somebody like Josh Allen. But if I do end up drafting digs early on, then it would definitely be something to consider. Now we talked about the running back position because it's a little bit unknown of how this backfield's going to look. You know, there's been reports of Zach Moss's look to it at times. Then you've got Singletary, who, from a fantasy perspective, is the highest ranked Bills wide receiver. And then you've got James Cook a couple spots behind him. So what are your thoughts on the run game there? Singletary, he's running back 34. So he's kind of in that Tony Pollard, Chase Edmonds range. And then you got James Cook a couple spots after. Like, who would be the running back for you that you would want to own in Buffalo? Honestly, I would probably try and avoid running backs from Buffalo like the plague if I could, (laughs) um, because I think that they're going to uh, do it by committee between Singletary and Cook. I think Zach Moss has a really tough time making this football team, so he might not be on it. I think that he's a pretty one-dimensional player, um, and I think running back three on this team, as talented as it is this season, is going to rely on a guy that probably can play special teams as well. Moss hasn't shown that he could do that. So I think Moss is actually going to have a tough time making this football team. Uh, But with Cook and Singletary, the run game improved towards the end of the year. And then again, bring it back to that new athleticism on the offensive line, probably switching back to the zone run that they did very well a few years back when they had LaShawn McCoy. Um, I think that that is going to improve our run game. So I think that if you could find maybe a Devin Singletary, because he's the pick 
that is probably going to have the majority of the carries, at least for the first half of the season. A transition may happen later on if Cook finally gets his step. There's still a lot of playbook learning to do. Um, But I think that if you could draft Singletary towards maybe someone who would be a flex guy only, maybe a guy who you put in in your bye weeks, a guy you could sit on your bench and feel pretty okay with in the later rounds, then I would go ahead and do that. But uh, other than that, I would probably avoid Buffalo running backs. Yeah, I don't love the running back situation there. Like, great offense, but it's just one that is kind of centered around Allen. Like, Singletary, the thing is, we've seen him over the last number of years. We kind of know what he is, and I think he's properly rated in that Pollard, he has a bigger role in Dallas. Edmonds, we'll see what he does in Miami. And then Rashad Penny, he's battling it out with Kenneth Walker, the rookie there in Seattle, but who knows how much they'll even be running the ball. So for me, I would, I, if I'm drafting a Buffalo running back, I would just take the late shot on James Cook, hoping that he figures out the playbook like you alluded to. Maybe he takes over the bulk of the carries by the time you're late in the year. And then when you need someone for bye weeks like you said maybe someone to play the flex position if you've got some injuries then i would like a guy like james cook there to at least take a flyer on um when it comes to wide receivers you got stefan diggs he's wide receiver five as far as fantasy goes i think he's properly rated he's only behind cooper cup obviously the triple crown winner last year you've got justin jefferson jamar chase and Devonte adams but this is a very good offense and, and diggs is going to get a, a lot of targets so would you feel comfortable with Diggs kind of being that late first round, early second round talent, or would you be looking elsewhere? No, I would take Diggs in the first round if I was in the middle of a draft and he was available. Absolutely. I think his completions, if you're going to be playing in a, a, a league that does count, those are going to improve as well. I think that the having Gabe Davis on the right-hand side is going to improve Stefan Diggs being open. A bigger guy like Davis, who's going to take a bigger role, should help Stefan Diggs out. So I really like Stefan Diggs as wide receiver number five. I could see that being a plus side to... Uh, many people's drafts and many people's teams that could turn into a top three receiver by the end of the year. We saw that in 2020. Uh, so it was a little bit of regression last year from it, but he did have a few um, nicks and bruises at some times. I think that you will see another great year from Stefan Diggs. And with the fact that you have other wide receivers that this wide receiver core has already been talented in the last few years. In my opinion, it's, it's improved. I think that's only going to make him that much better with the secondary having to not just focus on Stefan. And the thing is, I like where he's going at wide receiver five, because there is a couple question marks ahead of him when it comes to, okay, now Jamar Chase has had his first year. He did rely a lot on, on the big play. Now that teams have a year of tape on him, are they able to adjust to his style and then Devontae Adams, how's he, how is he going to fit with Derek Carr? Obviously, we saw with Aaron Rodgers, he he had the ball uh, thrown to him a ton. So it, how's that going to look in that offense with Waller and, and with Renfro? Whereas Diggs, I know what I'm getting from him. I really like the production that he puts up. Tail end of round one, early round two, I'd, I'd feel completely comfortable drafting Diggs. Now, as far as the rest of the wide receiver core goes, Gabriel Davis would be the next one on the board. He's kind of going in that seventh, eighth round range. I like drafting a guy like Gabriel Davis because he's a part of a good offense. You know that Josh Allen's going to be throwing for 4,000 plus yards. And so I think he's in a great position. If you're looking for that flex wide receiver that 
may not necessarily every week give you a ton of points, but he could have a couple major weeks for you. What are your thoughts of Gabriel Davis from a fantasy perspective? And do you think we mentioned guys like Jameson Crowder? Do you think there's a value there or are they more so waiver wire guys? Yeah, I think there's some fun value. I think it's kind of like a James Cook, but a little better with Gabe Davis because you've at least seen what he can do um, in in intensive value. He's taking a new role this year, so you'd have to expect that his numbers are going to increase from last year. He had a decent amount of targets, especially towards the end of the season when Cole Beasley was injured, um, and you saw him step up in the season. Training camp, he's already looked a lot better. Now, obviously, we don't want to pay attention to training camp stats, but you've seen him take a, a big step forward. He's working with Stefan Diggs a lot. Uh, he's put on about 15 pounds, which is good for me on the outside. So I, I like where Gabe Davis is at. If you can get him in the seventh or eighth round, more towards the eighth round, that'd be cool as a flex pick. But looking at those other wide receivers, I think there is some value there. Um, if you can find him in the late rounds, or if you do find him on a waiver wire for Jamison Crowder, or even Isaiah McKenzie, because of what we saw the last few years with Josh Allen and how much he loves that slot play, you're going to see that again. The Buffalo Bills were only 16th in the league in yards uh, yards per attempt uh, in the passing game because they did throw a lot of checkdowns uh, so, or slants or slot plays, you should say. Checkdowns doesn't really sound – that's a, usually a negative word in the NFL these mm -hmm. days. Um, but Cole Beasley shined with that in 2020. Injuries plagued that last year. Isaiah McKenzie stepped up. Uh, and that's why he got a, a contract extension with him in play. Isaiah McKenzie in play as well. They might be splitting those slot plays. So which one you could find, uh, which one you find value in maybe towards the wire, getting it before somebody else does, or if you find them in the late rounds, so you can hold on to them and put them in maybe week two, week three, once you figure it out that, Hey, that's not a bad little flex play to play. I like Isaiah McKenzie. I think he's going to be a very big piece of the bills offense moving forward. Yeah, I, I've I've always been a fan of Crowder. I, I tend to draft him most years and stash him on my bench, just hoping that, you know, given he is that slot guy, especially in, in PPR leagues, I find that he's got a lot of value there. Um, tight end-wise in this Buffalo offense, Dawson Knox was, you would almost call him a league winner for a lot of people last year, just because he kind of came from out of nowhere. And I mean, he was tight end, he's tight end 10 heading into the year. His ADP is, is 92nd. But I think if you're waiting on tight end, maybe you're not getting the Kittles, the Wallers, the, the Kelseys of the world. You have a guy that he got a lot of touchdowns last year, nine touchdowns at his position. So while he may be a little bit touchdown reliant, he, he's definitely a good play in that offense. So so what do you think of Knox? From yeah, I like I like Dawson Knox. T, uh, tight end 10, uh, to me, I think is a little bit low on him. I would probably put him more towards seven or eight if I was drafting. So if I could find him... Uh, in those later rounds when seven, eight, nine, ten are still sitting around, I would go ahead and take Knox uh, because I do think that those touchdowns aren't going to go away anytime soon. Uh, Buffalo was very good in the red zone. Ken Dorsey was in charge of that, not Brian Dable, the offensive coordinator last year, who is now the head coach of the Giants. Ken, Ken Dorsey was in charge of that, who is now the offensive coordinator. So I think that that's still going to improve or just stay the same. If it stays the same, Dawson Knox is going to do good. Uh, as I mentioned before, that slot receiver play, there's a lot of short yardage passing that is unanswered for right now. So maybe it's not the slot receiver. Maybe they do more tight end pickups. Tight end two for the Buffalo Bills is now OJ Howard, which is an improvement, but I don't think that's going to take away from Dawson Knox's play. I think Dawson Knox's only issue is just keeping him healthy and keeping him on the field, which we saw last year. He still is ranked as a, the 10th tight end. That's probably 
probably why he's ranked a little lower in my mind is because he missed about four weeks of play. If he can stay healthy, I think if you get him at the temp tight end, you're getting an absolute steal. Yeah, because when I'm looking at the guys around him, I'm not that sold on Dallas Goddard moving forward. Zach Ertz, while there's no DeAndre Hopkins for six weeks, I'm a little bit skeptical of what he's going to look like in that offense if he can keep up that production that he got late in the year in Arizona. And then Pat Fryermuth after him and then Mike Gesicki as well. Like To me, when I'm looking at those guys, the highest upside is Knox out of those five guys. And so I would agree. I think he might be a little bit lowly rated. And if you can be getting him in like the eighth round, you know, you round out your team, you got your quarterback, a few running backs and receivers, then you could get a really great value play there. And then from a fantasy perspective, the number one defense heading into the year is the Buffalo Bills. They're ranked one spot ahead of the Rams, two ahead of the Buccaneers. So do you think that's justified? We talked about the Von Miller signing. That's just going to bolster their defense, and they drafted a lot of defense as well. Do you think that it's deserved for them to be number one heading into the year? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I try. I know I'm saying yeah a lot, and I'm really excited about this team, but and and think I'm having a lot of bias here. But this team deserves it. Uh, with all the hype, it's definitely showing. Last season, uh, the Buffalo Bills were first in passing yards against. I don't see that changing with the additions of Von Miller and the improvements of Gregory Rousseau on the defensive line. The defensive line also improved in the middle with some Tim Settle, Daquan Jones, bringing back Jordan Phillips. And then obviously Ed Oliver, who had a great year last year, should improve as well. The rushing game uh, was their biggest biggest issue defensive-wise. They were uh, 13th in the league against the against the run 13th best defense against the run. So I think that will improve with what they, you know, they reached at with adding more to the front four. So I really like where this defensive is at. They led, they led in points, uh, points against turnovers. I know is a big deal when it comes to fantasy, they did pretty well, but there is one concern and that is Trey white right now, the cornerback for the Buffalo bills. Not sure if he'll return back to the start of the season, so if you're willing to take that risk, because that is going to be a big question mark for the Bills to start the year, if you're willing to take that risk as your number one defense, I say go for it. But the Rams aren't a bad defense either, though. Yeah, for sure. I, I don't think that you can go wrong there. If you get the Bills defense, you're going to be starting them almost every single week. Um, you might plug in a defense if you're playing an, another elite offense, but but that happens with pretty much any defense in fantasy history. So uh, I, I agree with you there. I think they are properly rated at number one. But Christian, we'll, we'll cap things off today uh, by talking about what your expectations are for the Bills. You're obviously, as you said, a Bills fan of almost 30 years. So what are your thoughts on them heading into the year? What are your expectations for your group? Well, it's hard not to say that they should be a Super Bowl team. This season during training camp and talking about you know, what team players might get cut, what position battles might be happening. Usually you have multiple. And right now you hear the position battles are for the backup right tackle or wide receiver number four or tight end number three. And you don't hear anything that's very big, uh, big to worry about this team moving forward. And the players that are going to get those positions need to be multi uh, positional players, like adding to special teams, just showing the depth that this team has this year is just absolutely exciting compared to years past. It, it's, including last year in 2020 when we saw them in the AFC championship and 13 seconds away from the AFC championship last year. So with what I'm seeing, as long as everyone stays healthy, it's hard to say that this isn't a Super Bowl contending team. 
No, I agree 100%. To me, heading into the year on paper, they're the best team in the AFC. I think teams like Kansas City may be weaker than they have been in years past. A lot of other teams that are newly constructed or or teams that have question marks. Buffalo is kind of that constant team for me. I see them being the one seed in the AFC. Hope that they go to a Super Bowl as well. I grew up a half hour from Buffalo, and I know exactly how much Bills Mafia is hungry to get that first Super Bowl. Uh, and so I, I do hope that they do well this year, but Christian, thanks so much for coming on the show, man. Uh, why don't you take a minute, promote your stuff, what you've got going on in your world. I appreciate it. And thank you everyone for listening. Uh, it's a great show. Go bills. And, uh, yeah, you can find all my work on slashersports.com. Uh, I do write a lot of baseball content. Football content is coming soon with the increasing, um, as we get closer and closer to the football season. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. You can find it on Twitter at Slasher Sports. And my personal Twitter is at Rao Report, R-A-U-H-R-E-P-O-T-P-O-R-T. Thanks for coming on, man. Really appreciate it. For everyone who tunes in every single day to the show, we really appreciate you. Drop a five-star rating on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Tune in tomorrow on August 5th. We'll be talking about the Carolina Panthers. Got a QB controversy there, maybe. Uh, Both QBs looking good in camp there, including their third one being a rookie. So, Uh, Appreciate everyone who listens every single day, and we'll see you tomorrow for the Daily Competitive Hedge podcast.